everyone. My name is Jeremy Altman, and you're listening to Mind the Gap, a podcast segment where I interview current medical students to share their experiences with unique gap years or going through very non-traditional paths into a career in medicine. It's a pleasure to introduce the next guest of the show, Betsy Asumu. Betsy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Just to start off, um, I'll have you do a quick introduction for yourself. Tell us about where you're from, where you went to college, and what you studied, and then what year you are in medical school. Okay, thanks. My name is Betsy Asimu. I was born in the Ivory Coast in West Africa, but I grew up in Amherst, Massachusetts. I went to Williams College where I studied chemistry, and I am a fourth year medical student today. Awesome. So I guess to start off the show, you're here because I, I heard about your story. You have a very interesting background uh, in, in the world of business, and I, I would be remiss if, if I didn't get to share your story with, with people that are listening. So I guess you could go about this however you want, but um, feel free to sort of share your college experience about choosing a major, what that was like, and you know what sort of, uh, what sort of paths you thought that you would take in the future. Sure, awesome. Um, so I went to Williams College, which is a small liberal arts school in Western Massachusetts. I absolutely loved it. Um, I was pretty certain that I wanted to do pre-med. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I just ended up choosing chemistry because most of the majors, sorry, most of the requirements for med school like aligned with chemistry. Um, yeah, so I kind of went with, with chemistry. Um, and then closer towards the end of college, um, I started to like investigate my initial desire um, to go pre-med. Um, I, as I mentioned, was born in the Ivory Coast and my mom and I immigrated to Western Mass when I was two and she came to do her PhD and being the daughter of an immigrant family, there's kind of preconceived notions of what it means to be successful. Sure. Um, and one of those things was doctor or lawyer and doctor sounded more interesting to me um, and I had the idea that I would, you know, be like a pediatrician, maybe go back to the Ivory Coast and open a clinic someday. And so that was always in my head as like the reason. And then towards the end of college, I just wanted to like investigate whether or not that was something I really wanted or mm-hmm. what was expected of me. And I just let myself broaden my horizons and interests um, and discovered that just wanting to be successful was not a good enough reason to go to med school. Because um, if I didn't really love it, then it would just be a job. And so I became a student in business and I started to see how I could get into the business field from a chemistry major. And I found a program um, that would take non-accounting undergrads and then teach them accounting as well as give them an MBA and then sort of set them up to be um, an accountant in, in industry. And that sounded really exciting at the time and really quite motivating. That's awesome. So uh, you chose accounting, and then uh, I remember you said that you went to Northeastern to get your MBA. Was yes. that was that through Amherst, or was it just a separate application? Um, I don't even know how I found out. It was a separate application, and I was graduating college in, um, I'm going to really date myself here, uh, 2009, okay. which was like the financial crisis. I had friends who had set up like... Um, jobs at Lehman Brothers that were revoked like it was kind of a really hard time to graduate from college so along with like stepping into the adult world you're thinking oh shoot like what am I going to do to support myself so this program not only 
was a way to get into business, but it provided a job at the end of the dual master's in accounting and master's in business. So okay. I was like, perfect. Like, that'll be the thing that like gets me in the door as well as like um, gives me a job in this really tough financial market. Sure. I, uh, so I went to Boston University. So Northeastern was my, my rival. Yeah. Um, but I remembered when I was touring colleges, I was interested in Northeastern. And they always put an emphasis on their co-op program. Yeah. Was that incorporated exactly. in the master's as yeah. well? Yeah. So three months of the master's was like an internship sure. um, at one of the like well-known accounting firms um, in the area. And if you did well, essentially guaranteed you a job for when you finished. And it was just like the whole package laid out. It was like very appealing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What, what did you end up doing with your, with your MBA? Yes, yeah, so um, that was a really quick program. I think it was like a master's in business and accounting in like 15 or 16 months. Got the job. I started working at KPMG, which is one of the big four um, audit accounting firms in Boston. And I kind of worked my way up the ladder for like three and a half-ish years, and that was really great because you got to do some travel, you got to do some education, really got to be in the business world, um, understanding how different companies work and what their books look like, um, financial mm-hmm. statements, all of that jazz. Um, and then when I got tired of that, I went to a, a software company in the Boston area. Um, they did like email security, and they were looking to go public. Um, so go from a private company to a public company trading on the stock market and that was a really exciting thing to do as an accountant because you got to sort of get on the ground floor and it had this really cool like we're a software company vibe yeah, yeah. <laughs> with like free lunch and like pool tables and so it was right. like, <laughs> like beanbag chairs exactly and it was like yeah. the next and the gym you know, gym in the office like all that really cool stuff that you like hear about in Silicon Valley in Boston so I was like hey that'll be a fun experience that's so awesome I, I did that nice Transferring from, you know, working in one of those like big four Boston companies and working for a startup, um, what sort of new skills did you have to learn or, or adjustments did you have to make for, for such a job position change? Yeah, it actually was quite easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the big four are kind of like known for um, like prestige and accounting and they sort of feed into a lot of other companies in terms of like accounting positions, directors of accounting, um, you know, people who are on the on the sort of ladder to climb up to be a CFO one day. So they like to take people who have that sort of like experience. So it's not hard coming mm-hmm. from like a big four accounting firm especially. So the only difference probably was changing sides. So as a public accountant, I was the one looking outside, um, looking at the books to make sure everything was like accurately presented for like the the well-being of like the stockholder or the public people who have money or trust in that company versus on the inside I was sort of had the company's back and was trying to make sure that we were doing the best for the company um, and trying to reflect the statements you know accurately and so just a change in like perspective of whose team you're on if that makes any sense. Sure yeah. no I, yeah that does make sense I think that's so cool um, especially like when you're helping a smaller company grow I feel like that yeah. must be so rewarding when you when you see the success of that business. Exactly. And then maybe you get a plaque in the office at the end. I don't know. <laughs> you have a plaque. Do you um, really? Yeah, from the IPO, got a little like cloud with um, Mimecast, and then the date it went public, and being a part of that experience, like going to the NASDAQ, was probably the top 10 things I've done in my life. So it's a really great memory. Oh my God, that's so fun. Yeah. Was it anything like the Wolf of Wall Street? 
Did you ever see that movie? You never seen it? You got it, but like you're a finance bro. You have to. You have to know. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, I imagine it was just the craziest experience. Um, so, what what was sort of your your path from there after you had sort of seen the success of of your company grow? Yeah. Um, I loved working there, um, and honestly, if my mom hadn't died, I probably would still be working there. Um, mm -hmm. She had been diagnosed with breast cancer a number of years before, and it got to a point where it was like a chronic condition, kind of stable, not getting better, but not getting any worse. Um, and it just sort of came, she just started to deteriorate um, in a number of ways, um, and it, through the workup we learned that it had metastasized and we were going through different options and then kind of came to the understanding that there were no more options. And so um, having her go through the last couple of months of her life living with me, um, seeing how she was sort of losing the skills that you, you come to take for granted every day as like a living human and trying to support her through that process was quite eye-opening. Um, and when she eventually did pass away, um, my life was forever changed. Um, I'm her only daughter. We came here to America together as like this team and I was just fundamentally not the same. Um, and I started to wonder if things could have been different, if I could have helped her in some way. I kind of, you know, in the doctor's offices, I was not understanding what they were saying. Like I hadn't quite paid but attention to her whole illness process and I became very curious about it after she was gone and that was the impetus for me to like look into how I can keep her in my memory and then maybe help patients like her in the future and so I started to think about um, going to medical school. Sure. I, I'm really sorry to hear about your mother. Um, I, I can't imagine what that must have been like. Um, what, what sort of, did you have a sort of a support network helping you with that? Um, my aunt was very um, understanding and helpful. So it was my cousin who um, at the time was a medical student also. And I made sure to do the whole grieving process. Like I joined a grieving support group. I got like a therapist to do some short term like work. And I tried to make sure that I was doing this for the right reasons mm -hmm. and that it wasn't just like a grief reaction. And so I thought about it for like a year. Um, and I think it definitely was partly like a grief reaction, but I think that that's okay. Yeah. Because um, I, I kind of did a pros and cons list about like staying in accounting and like um, what level I would be at in like the four or five years it took me to finish versus completely like dismantling my life and then moving and then having to apply to med school. Like if you're a rational individual and you're looking at like A versus B, like leaving accounting to go to medicine made like yeah. no sense. Um, but it, I just felt so pulled in my heart mm -hmm. um, to do it, so so I did. I think that's wonderful. Um, and uh, when it comes to when you decided to make this switch, leaving the accounting realm and switching and applying to go to medical school, what was that like? Were there any particular obstacles along the way? Yes. Many, many obstacles. I'm sure. I can imagine. <laughs> um, I had like set myself up as like a working professional in Boston, and so I was dependent on my rent, like, you know, my job for living. I had all these expenses. Mm -hmm. I had a lease. Um, and I knew that 
you know, I had built a life that I could support with my paycheck that I like have to give up. Um, and so thankfully I had family support. I was able to move in with my aunt and um, there was a couple of months where I was commuting from Amherst to Boston, which is like two hours oh every God. day, just because of like the lease situation. And I was like trying to, you know, um, wait to find out if I'd gotten into like the master's program before completely quitting. And so like, it definitely required some gymnastics that was one piece and then also um trying to see if I was going to be like competitive like would I even get into medical school so looking at a bunch of websites and seeing what the requirements are and for me in my case graduating in 2009 and looking to apply I think it was like 2017 mm-hmm. a lot of my prereqs that I had done um were expired depending on like which school you talked to some schools had like a five-year cutoff some schools had like a 10-year cutoff Um, And so in my mind, doing that research, I was like, okay, well, I can try first out and just see how it goes. But then again, is it worth it doing a lot of expense to like apply and then not get in? Or I I start to look at these programs that are either post-bac or like master's and have some sort of linkage to a medical school. I found that I was kind of not qualified, not not um, a good candidate for all the postbacks because I already had those classes. Right. And so just redoing them felt like a waste to me. But luckily I found a couple of programs who um, did a postback type of thing, but at a master's level. Um, and that would both give me sort of the opportunity to prove that I can still handle science classes, you know, right. eight, nine, ten years later. And I was looking for ones that had like linkage to like a type of medical school, whether it be like a guarantee of an interview or just like the ability to be familiar or on the same campus with the medical school. Right. So like, um, like at least at, at Boston University, they have like the Masters of Medical Science. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if they're called different things, but I assume is that's what you were looking for. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I found exactly at UVM, it's called the Master of Medical Science. Okay. Um, and it's. Um, people with similar backgrounds or different backgrounds, people who just need like better grades or for whatever reason needs to sort of like put themselves in a better position for medical school. I felt like that would sort of be the quickest way to guarantee that I would be putting myself like in the best spot when I was ready to apply. Right. How was that experience for you? It was good. Um, Really fast paced. It was a good refresher. Um, There were a couple of things that I hadn't done, like the program at UVM has an anatomy course which I'd never done, and so that was great. It was really helpful for the first year of med school because I'd already done a lot of anatomy. Um, I formed some really good friendships, and I got to know the campus at UVM, and um, I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah. So th- this is actually just out of curiosity, and we could leave this out, but um, was this the same program where like, if you have a certain performance, you can get an interview with, with UVM? Yeah, at the time I was doing it, it might have changed now. It was if you got... Um, like a certain GPA, um, I think it was like a like a ninety or something like that, and then also a certain MCAT, they mm-hmm. would guarantee you an interview, um, which was like really enticing. And I ended up getting the GPA, but I did not meet the MCAT cutoff, but I still got an interview. So don't count yourself out. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm I'm glad that you sort of had that experience to you know brush up on your your, you know, ability to take in medical slash science information, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure that would come in handy in the near future. Um, So if you want, we can just fast forward. You're in medical school. Mm -hmm. Or actually, um, let me let me go back. Um, 
the other thing that doing that one year helped me prove was like commitment to medicine. Mm-hmm. Because I, the unique thing I experienced changing from accounting to medicine was like why. I had reached out to my, um, like one of the, the pre-med advisor from Williams and I was explaining what I was trying to do and I got mm-hmm. a little bit of a pushback. They were trying to, they were just like, why do you want to do this? Um, and I had my own reasons and I felt like I had to justify them. That's like another story. But beyond, beyond um, giving me this science knowledge, that like the updated science knowledge, it was like a step in proving that, hey, I actually do want to do this and I've taken this year to put myself in a better position. So like, please take that into consideration versus just like applying while still still having a job as an accountant. Right. If that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that makes sense. So fast forward, you got into medical school. Yes. You're here at UVM. Yes. So now that you're in medical school, uh, were there any sort of obstacles or honestly just situations that were surprising to you? Yes, um, I did not anticipate how hard third year was going to be. We all know that medical school is not an easy thing to do, um, but third year was definitely way harder than I anticipated because of the sort of um, lack of autonomy. You don't really have control over your schedule. You are learning new things with new people and new environments. Those environments are switching all the time. It's really hard if you're like a creature of routine to keep right. any sort of routine. Yeah, I, um, I remember when when I was, I, you know, I did third year with you, and I that was one of the hard things for me as well. Because, like I like every like first day of a new rotation, you're just looking at all the emails that tell you where to yeah. go. But there's always like a piece of crucial information that's missing. So you're just like, I need to find a resident to like help me do this. And then you get used to the workflow and then all of a sudden you're super confident in that rotation and then it's over and you have yeah, to start all over exactly. again. So keeps it fresh, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the other thing that was hard, it was less so because I had done the masters, but just the sheer amount of information you have to learn in the first two years. I put a lot of pressure on myself early to like be excellent at all that stuff and it was unsustainable. So I. Like halfway through focus, I like let myself go and and just say that passing was good enough. And that mm-hmm. was like a mental shift I had to make that um, I'm still smart if I don't get a 100 on this test, but like doing good enough um, is okay if it saves my like mental headspace. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think celebrating a 71 on a test is worth just as much celebration exactly. as like a, a 93 on a <laughs> yes. test. Um, and I, I totally get that. I, I think that was something that I was, I had to give myself permission to to yes. lower my standards a little bit. Because a 70 in medical school is not a 70 in intro to biology. You have to explain to people, they don't understand. Like, yeah. what, you got a 70? I'm like, yes, I got a 70. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's great. When I, when I was at BU, there, um, I remember the averages of my science courses were pretty low. Um, I think for the sake of just making sure the curve worked. But I remember the average of my first intro to chemistry test was like like a 50 and I got a 56 and I was like, I passed. Yeah. So I texted my mom and I was like, I, I, I nailed my exam. And she was like, how'd you do? I'm like, I got a 56. <laughs> and she's like, oh, are you, do you need me to pick you up? Are you okay? <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there is, you have to change your expectations a little bit. 
Um, so in, in, I kind of wanted to jump back to the whole routine thing for you. Uh, was there anything that you that you did to sort of get used to that, or did you sort of just roll with the punches? I just rolled with the punches, knowing that it was temporary, and that in order to like really immerse myself in the specialty I'm in right now, I mm-hmm. should like I should fully do that and like get up when they get up and just like feel fully what it's like to be that type of doctor. And so a lot of my routines went away. Right. <laughs> um, and I just sort of learned to be okay with that. Yeah. What What are some aspects of medical school that you enjoy the most? Yes, pregnant pause because it's been. <laughs> this is a point in the the curriculum where um, we have to decide we have to do what one what we want to do with our lives. And so I'm struggling personally. So recency bias, but I really enjoyed um, PCR, professionalism, communication, reflection. Yep. Um, it's this course, this two-year-long course where you're with the same group of people and you're talking about really important issues in medicine um, and you're able to sort of say all you, bring your whole self to that conversation and it really shapes sort of like our biases or opens our minds and we get different perspectives and like it was really great to have that sort of respite from the clinical environment to just say, this is how I'm doing and this is the thing that happens is how I feel about it. Um, just like the more human side of, of medicine and, and being a learner was really, um, I needed it. I kind of thought it was annoying the first year, but like getting to the clinical environment, I'm like, oh, this is so great. It's like my safe yeah. space. Yeah. yeah. I I found solace in in hanging out with my PCR group and just, just decompressing for an hour, just talking about random stuff. And, um, you know, I remember at least during like the third year, um, there were you know, topics related to choosing a specialty. And I remember I was I was struggling with, with choosing one as well because there were a few things that I liked. And I'm glad that we have that outlet because mm-hmm. there was somebody in my group that was literally choosing between the same specialties as me with the same concerns. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't really get that if you, you know, if you're just yeah. doing your rotations all the time. So there is a benefit to it. I don't, I don't know if, if this is something that only LCOM offers, but... I, I do hope that other medical schools have uh, so, some sort of curriculum like that. Um, all right, so I, I do have another question for you, and feel free to take your time with this one. Uh, so you've you've spent uh, you've spent a long time working in business, and then you you also had your experience with your mother, mm-hmm. and and then transferring to the world of applying to medical school doing your master's in medical science. Throughout this whole journey so far, were there any aspects of your previous experience that's helped you in your medical journey so far? Yes. I think having spent time working, like working out in the world and having a supervisor and teammates and responsibilities um, was really helpful. Because what we do in third year is working. Like, we don't really talk about it as such, but it is. Right. Like, you're having a job. I mean, it's unpaid the way we do it, but it is like having a job. <laughs> um, and so going into the working environment, like, I had already done that for a long time and done it well. So mm-hmm. it was easy for, to make that transition. Um, right. I think also just connecting with patients, just knowing how to talk to people, um, connecting with team members and supervisors and that, like, 
team-oriented environment, I think that was a benefit also. That's great. Yeah, I, I remember um, when I was uh, working as a, a research coordinator um, during my gap years, I feel like my maturity improved tremendously. Oh so like just, just the fact of like working and maturing is just, it's such a palpable difference mm-hmm. when you look back at what you were like when you were 21. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, like now I could take care of myself a lot better than if I didn't really take the time to learn how to do it. <laughs> um, so we're approaching the end of this. I just have a couple more questions for you. So overall, how many years do you think you took between graduating from college and then matriculating into medical school? I graduated in 2009 from okay. Williams College and I started med school 2020. 2020. Is that 11? 11 years. Oh I'm no accountant, goodness. but <laughs> okay. So Yikes. so 11 yes. years from from graduating college, yeah. you got your diploma and somehow you ended up in medical school yes. after a, a tumultuous uh, path of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Looking back at those 11 years, um, what would you change from the way that you thought or experienced things? And what are you thankful for? That's a hard one for me because when I was starting med school, I couldn't help but feel like I had wasted the previous experience. Um, and that was hard thinking that I had, you know, kind of used up like seven, eight years of my life and it wasn't going to be helpful for the things. I was now going into right um, and I try not to think that way but I think that in medical school because it's so com- I hate this word right now it's like all I'm hearing competitive right <laughs> you, you just you start to think about how you lack or are different um, rather than what is it about you that makes you unique and what's the sort of competitive advantage um, so I I see now if I shift my perspective that actually an advantage in a different way um but I didn't always think like that and so um it helped me know that I can do hard things because it's Mm -hmm. no easy thing to become a certified public accountant um it has its own set of exams and just knowing that I could succeed in a professional capacity was helpful um I see it now being more helpful as I look to the future um we just had a class today and yesterday about um sort of the business side of medicine and mm-hmm. I was able to raise my hand and be like I know a little bit about this and I was the only person in the class who like had that level of expertise and I hadn't really thought about that in a long time and so it's I can sort of see the 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 finish line now and seeing how am I gonna incorporate my previous experience into my future experience and it feeling more like an asset now rather than a um a detriment like it did at the beginning of sure of med school i think that's wonderful and i think it's a valuable insight to share with people that may have a business background or honestly just even considering changing a career because mm-hmm. that i can't imagine that there's always going to be like a hint of you know what would happen if i had just stayed and kept doing what i was doing would i would i have been happy enough or is this allowing me to be happier and that's, that's a question that you may not have an answer for right now, but, but it is, I, I hope that the, there isn't a hard regret uh, as of right now. 
there isn't a hard regret as of right now, but there have definitely been days where I'm like, what did I do to myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, actually, if, if your experience with business sort of has influenced you to maybe go into like hospital administration or, or taking on more managerial roles. It's definitely something I've thought about, but not something I've put action towards. I think just like being a medical student is all consuming and my my priority was to do really well at the medicine. And so now when I'm able to like pick my head up and sort of think about the skills I have, I am thinking like, is this something I can incorporate? And if so, how? Um, mm-hmm. I did a little bit of that with like my research between first and second year where I like surveyed medical students with their knowledge about like um, the insurance practices in Vermont. Um, and I've been thinking about it. I did a little bit of, bit of that volunteering um, as the CFO, CFO of a non-for-profit, but it's not been something that's been at the forefront of my mind. Just, sure. I've just been trying to survive medical school. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> You're not alone on that. Yeah. Um, it, I, um, did you want to talk more about what you do for the, the nonprofit organization? Because I, I found it incredibly interesting. Sure, yeah. Um, so my friend Hannah um, Aker and her sister Geneva Stoltz started a not-for-profit, um, initially called Gloves Go Global, but now rebranded to be Health Goes Global. And we focus on preventative health missions throughout the world. Um, so things like washing hands, water sanitation, um, access to clean toilets. Um, and it's been really um, something that has sort of helped me maintain my accounting knowledge and skills while also um, contributing in a way that I can because I have those skills to give Um, and they've done a great job of raising money and we have partnerships with different NGOs throughout the world who are sort of boots on the ground um, and able to affect the things that we provide um, fundraising to support. Okay, so the your nonprofit focuses on on fundraising and providing funds for the the different missions across exactly. the world we work through a partnership model okay initially um the the things that they were doing to sort of send gloves to different countries in africa became a little bit unsustainable and it, um in order to scale and grow um it it became clear that we needed to partner with people who actually have relationships in the places we want to affect change and can help sustain um the efforts that we're having there. i see yeah and then your role is the cfo so you sort of help make sure all the yeah. all the balance sheets and <laughs> exactly. cash flow, the stuff that we learned in our exactly. MBA course. Yes, um, I think that's wonderful. You should be you should be so proud of yourself. Yeah. I think that's a really rewarding thing to be a part of. Yes, that's awesome. wow. Um, all right. Well, I, I got one more question for you, and it's sort of whatever you want to say. But um, what advice would you give students that are or that are in your situation where they are either switching careers um, or just sort of having difficulty choosing a specialty and uh, basically anything that you've experienced over the past 11 years plus the, the medical school experience. <laughs> yes. what, what wisdom do you want to? Um, I will speak to those who are interested in changing careers maybe at a later stage in life. Um, don't count yourself out. It is so easy to sort of compare yourself to everything and everyone and 
sometimes that doesn't look favorably on yourself, but you have things, you have skills, you have a unique perspective that is going to be helpful to someone somewhere um, and let that drive you. And it's great to do your research and sort of get advice and seek mentors, um, but don't let any negativity you hear sort of deter you. Because I had a lot of that and I felt like I had to sort of like prove myself. And ultimately I'm glad that I'm here. I know that my experience and the passion behind why I came to medical school is going to be impactful and helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's true, even though it's hard right now. I know that that's true. And so just believe in yourself um, and know that those skills that you have are transferable. They're always transferable and useful. So don't cut yourself out. Great. Um, well, that's that's pretty much a wrap for the for the interview. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor if you want to uh, take some time to uh, thank anybody in particular, any shout outs, any any plugs that you want to uh, put out to the world. The, you could say whatever you want. Okay, cool. Um, I will plug Health um, Health Goes Global. If anyone's out there and is looking for a way to get involved. Um, we are always looking for volunteers to write articles, to set up fundraisers. So if that's interesting to you in any way, please be in touch. The website is healthgoesglobal.org. Perfect. Um, yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, Betsy, thank you so much for coming in and, and speaking with me. This was, this was lovely. Okay. Thank you, Jeremy. Of course.